You are listening to the regular version of Sexy Marriage Radio, smrnation.com. You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen. Welcome back to Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex does happen in the marriage bed. And we are constantly wanting, uh, not only for the best sex to happen in the marriage bed, but just for your marriage to be vibrant and alive, and your life to be vibrant and alive. And we think that that's a huge part of what makes marriage vibrant and alive. (laughs) How many times can we say that phrase? I imagine I could say it a few more times. All right, all right, all right. That's the that's the game for the day. We're so glad that you take some time out of the day each and every week to spend it with us. If you are part of the SMR Nation and the way you let us know what's going on in your world, or questions that you may have, topics that you want us to address, or just what's going on in your life, um, we want to hear from you. So two one four seven zero two nine five six five. That's why you can call in voicemail line. Leave any kind of feedback or thoughts that are on your mind. Uh, we can even disguise your voice if you're a little hesitant about your voice being on the air. Yeah. Or you can send us an email at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. This came in a couple weeks ago, Pamela. It says, we live in New Zealand. I love it when we hear from people on the other side of the world. I do too. I do too. Uh, and it, but I was raised in Los Angeles, Orange County area of California. Discovered your show. Uh, but when, when I was a guest on Julie, Sl- Julie Slattery's Java with Julie show, it took me a while to get back to finding you again, but I'm extremely glad that I did. I've been binging SMR for a couple of months now. Currently, I'm on number 122, so he's got a way to go. Yeah. I grew up with a porn addiction from about the time I was 11 or 12. Started participating in a recovery program about 10 years ago. Now, I haven't partaken in porn in almost six years, and I'm still very much learning relearning what healthy sexuality is. Our show is so very unique and so very helpful in this regard and can't thank you enough. I guess my ideal outcome is for me to learn what healthy sexuality is. So one story to relay that's funny, that I've been ever so slowly introducing your show to my wife. I'll send her a link to individual shows that aren't so blatant or graphic as the others that maybe are primarily about communication or something like that. She recently listened to one of those that I linked to her, but she was cooking while she was listening and couldn't handle her phone to be able to stop it so that when the show ended, she hadn't cued anything else, so it rolled over to the next SMR episode, which was one that Shannon and I did explaining how to find a woman's G-spot. It's quite funny, and when she told me about it later that day, and I told her that you weren't shy talking about things, but there was still some shock there for sure. (laughs) Keep up the great work. And then he also adds it that it's been quite funny to hear twice now when I have mentioned in the, the earlier shows, Pam, that my wife would never do this show with me and at one point consider not even listening anymore. Well, obviously things have changed for the better. Right. Maybe his wife will start listening, right? I guess uh, that adds some spice to the kitchen that night while you're cooking, right? Oh, maybe she maybe she learned something about her own body. <laughs> Hopefully so. <laughs> maybe. And, and then that's the way that we get introduced to a lot of things, too, is... Um, by surprise? Some of it's by surprise, but for sure, anytime something new, this is a fundamental truth I believe in, that anytime something new in my life is I'm introduced to it, 
either intentionally or unintentionally, there's usually some discomfort and some anxiety and some, oh no, you know, kind of a thing that I'll react to it because it does take me out in that, out of my comfortable world. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's certainly hesitancy when it's unknown. Because then mm-hmm. I get a chance because what happens to me is in our psyche, there's something gets implanted. that's like, okay, hold on. And then maybe I circle back to it and I grow into a little more comfort, comfortable with it. And then I start seeking a little more. And cause some people actually enjoy that kind of a thrill of, I want to keep learning new things and I want to, you know, and it's a little bit of a spike, but it's, it's not interpreted as uncomfortable. It's actually termed interpreted as intriguing or arousing or. Well, I think it depends on the topic and if it's something you already have a passion for and there's some things that maybe we're a little more uh, scared of or leery of, or we assume that someone else that maybe introduced something to us has an ulterior motive. And, and so there's all these things attached to what it is I might be learning in our, or how I was introduced to it. True. That, that kind of throw a little hitch in the Well, let's set the stage then with the statement you just made, Pam, that um, for where we'll be going in the extended content today is... If, if something I'm being introduced to is by, is from my spouse, I'm curious if they have an ulterior motive. I think there's... Right? And I'm going to go ahead and say a late. fundamental truth. Yes, they do have an ulterior motive. <laughs> and it may not even be the motive that you're thinking that it is. True. But I, I just think but of the, com- assumption the of- complexities of the way we are in human communication that... It's a both and. We've said this in the past over the sh- episodes that um, it's not an either or. It's a both and. That I can say something that I have the best intentions, but there's also the, the manipulative in there or the ulterior motive in there. or There's a reason why, and it's usually both. And okay. so it's just recognizing when I'm dealing with these kinds of issues and gridlock and things that happen in my marriage. Yeah, I'm, I mean, this is Schnarch's phrase. I have to recognize I'm living with an emotional terrorist. And then there's my spouse to live to deal with, too. True. So, I love that phrase. So coming up on today's regular free version of Sexy Marriage Radio is a couple of your questions and our answers again. And on the extended version, which is deeper, longer, and there's no ads, you can subscribe at smrnation.com forward slash smracademy. We're going to dive into some concepts that have, are just rolling around in my head. Um this was the time we're coming off of what should have been last week's last weekend would have been the, the, getaway. the getaway. So we miss the missed the opportunity to see everybody, mm-hmm. and that's got me thinking of where are we going mm-hmm. with with content and mm-hmm. and new things that I'm interested in exploring and curious mm-hmm. and intrigued about. And so um, I'm going to frame a conversation with you about dealing with gridlock and mind mapping, and two-choice dilemmas, and then Mm -hmm. even forced-choice dilemmas. Okay, that's a new one to me, so here we go. I'll have to get out my school book, (laughs) get out my big chief tablet. So all that's coming up on today's show. So an email from a wife that just came in, Pam. Mm -hmm. My husband and I have been listening to your show for about two years, and we love it. I'm kind of a binge, two to three show at a time listener instead of a regular every week. I know that you've done several shows lately in the topic of masturbation, and you usually come at it from the solo act done in a time of different needs or levels of separation 
etc. I'd love to hear your thoughts on masturbation or self-stimulation within a couple's joint experience. My husband and I began experimenting with this about a year ago, and it's been a great addition to our toolbox. Initially, my husband felt a great deal of shame from our church's teaching and some masturbatory experiences that he had as a teen. But within our joint experience, i.e. he him stimulating himself while we snuggle naked or I kiss him or assist him in, in stimulating, etc., masturbation has become a real erotic and liberating for, thing for him. He's the higher desire, though my desire is usually in direct relation to my tiredness, tiredness level, which I think a lot of women might. Yeah, fit into totally normal actually. So being able to use this lazy sex method has been re- that's been referred to by Dr. Stephen Ng, on, who was a guest on the show um, years a, a couple years ago. So being able to use this kind of a method has made it a very beneficial and taken a lot of guilt and pressure off of me to perform when I just didn't have the energy because of four kids, we each have careers, etc., My husband also loves stimulating himself while watching me masturbate or stimulate myself, though I have to admit, self-stimulation is not really my thing. I do it as a treat for him because he enjoys it so much, and he reciprocates by lots of snuggly, cuddly kissing sex, which is my favorite. Just interested in your thoughts on the topic and how other couples could decrease the shame surrounding the word masturbation in a couple's setting. Love your show. Keep it up. Well, I have to say thanks for the email and putting that out there because I think there are a lot of um, individuals, a lot of couples that that there is a stigma around masturbation. And so hearing the beauty that's come into their relationship from this and um, I, I hopefully that's opening the door right now to a lot of people that are listening. So I really appreciate that email coming in. Absolutely. Because that's the one thing we have tried to do over the years with SMR is how do we destigmatize some of the things that are much more natural or at, at a minimum, much more neutral if you're looking at it through a Christian lens, Mm -hmm. because the, there's a lot of things that the church and then even God's people have taken the silence on as a negative mm-hmm. rather than, you know what? The silence on it also could be, wait, maybe there's nothing wrong, mm-hmm. right? Maybe it's one of those right. things God's like, you know what? Okay. Figure it out. I've created it. Enjoy one another. And and then you add to it the whole secretive, um, rushed, self-focused experience that most people when they get into the world of masturbation as a teenager as an adolescent or a young adult Mm -hmm. um, it is one of those things that it will alter how sex unfolds later if you're not careful because it becomes something that's got to be secretive it's it's something that is a little shameful because why is it in the human psyche this is more of a rhetorical question for the smr nation why is it in the hu- human psyche that we get into this arena of thinking that if it's something that's pleasurable, there's it's wrong? Uh, yeah. <laughs> there right? is an element of that, right? Somebody else may not be able to enjoy this, so why should I get to enjoy it? Dang it. Or... Or it just feels so good, so it must be wrong. Yeah. must be bad. That can be a thing, but... Yeah. And, and so it's get just, away from that. So it's just recognizing that we've always taken the stance that uh, we want masturbation to be something that's not a secret, 
that it is a way to address and and help navigate some of the desire discrepancies that can happen when you have a big gap mm-hmm. between levels of desire. That is, it is a way she's referencing of help bridge that gap. It's something he can do, and when he does it in her presence, that's a whole different feel and arena. Right. I mean, they're even in bring, bringing in the erotic, right? And and. And, and that is a great way. It, right? That's a great way to do that too, is to bring in the erotic because it is something that's new and novel together mm-hmm. that you get to experience together, and that's that's a, a that's a vulnerable move. That's a a revealing stance mm-hmm. if you think about it. And so, I kudos just like you gave her mm-hmm. kudos to them. And I think it's one of those things that absolutely can enhance a sex life. Mm-hmm. Because what better way to um, experience some pleasure and also teach at the same time some pleasure? Mm-hmm. Because if you're if you know how to stimulate and what buttons to push or to places to touch and how and the rhythm and the speed and the pressure, it's a great chance for your spouse to actually see that happen and walk through it with you. Absolutely, yeah. and so. If this is one of those things where you're intrigued with the thought, um, it can open up some doors to mm-hmm. to different areas of your marriage that that can you can taste some sweetness and some erotic and some different things that can come along. And so, if you're not even sure how to do this, because there are still people that um, I keep coming across these in in my uh, online when I'm working with clients mm-hmm. that. Whenever the subject of I'm, I'm having trouble with orgasms or I've never orgasmed and I'm like, well, have you ever tried by yourself? And most of the time it's now nah. there's just a, there's I don't want to, I don't want to do it. Right. I, I don't want, I, I, I'm uncomfortable with that. Mm-hmm. And so some of the things you can do that can help is whenever you're together and I'm just going to use the, the husband is, is stimulating the wife digitally with his fingers. Mm-hmm. If she's not comfortable of thinking of the thought of doing that for herself. Mm-hmm. One of the things she can do is while he is doing that for her, she could put her hand on his. Yeah. Kind of just him. be close. It kind of guide, but also just kind of be there for the ride just to, what? I'm easing True. into it because this is also the way we talked about it at the open. Mm-hmm. We get introduced to something and we initially can have an aversion or a reaction to it. Yeah. But if I can hover around it, I can at the same time start to challenge what are my thoughts, what are my discomforts, what are my experiences with it. And as I get a little closer to it, I get I get into this arena of, you know what? Hold on. I've been holding myself back. Mm-hmm. What's this about? And mm-hmm. and I get to just reframe and and grow and evolve in real time towards some of these things that could be a gold mine for us. Mm-hmm. Another email that's come in. Okay. So say, hey, hey, Dr. Allen, I have a question for you. What's the difference between normal thoughts about sex and lust? I've heard it taught that lust is sin, but what about just normal thoughts about sex? Is there a difference? This is one of those tougher ones for us to answer on an air. <laughs> in, some, in, in my initial thought. Okay. With this. Because... This is that area where we, because of the topic and the subject matter we've covered over the years, mm-hmm. um, we constantly are trying to walk that line of we want to give good 
helpful information, but not become moral authorities for people, right? Sure. And so I'm hearing this through a biblical lens, Mm -hmm. because if you're talking about lust is sin, and he's referencing Jesus's words of, if you look at a woman lustfully, you've already committed adultery in your heart. Mm -hmm. But are normal thoughts okay about sex? And I guess that everybody's got a different normal. Uh, so what is that line we're drawing for normal? True. I, I, I don't know. True. But if, so let's play a hypothetical then. Okay. So you're going about your day and someone that you have in the category of sexy mm-hmm. on how you think of them as far as body type, look, feel, you know, comfort, everything. Mm-hmm. comes into your thought process and it's a sexual leaning thought mm-hmm. is that a sin are you sitting there lingering on it that's that's what i think that's the litmus test because right. i think there are things that just pop into our head that's like oh wow okay right and it can even be arousing and i don't i still don't think that's anything we've crossed the line i think what's the intention of your heart um, the things that pop in your head though, you know, I, you talk to the kids and everybody knows that phrase, trash in, trash out, or, you know, once you see something, you can't ever get it out of your head. Right. And if that's a, if that's a concern and you've got those issues going on, I think that's where you've got to start with what do you filter in that goes into your head? True. And, um, you know, if you do have that, um, biblical moral compass, live by it in every aspect right right and to me this litmus test is really you know it in your heart and your conscience are you dabbling and hovering around it even a little too closely right. or are you fleeing from it and, and avoiding it and i and i guess I, I say that but there is still this oppressive biblical or or religious history that a lot of us have that maybe I've got guilt when for something I don't shouldn't, you know, the, the masturbation topic we just talked about, right. there's guilt that can be surrounding that and there's no need for it. Right. When gosh, this couple that is right. It's wonderful within their marriage. Right. Um, so I think that one, a lot of it just comes down to a gut. And you know what? Am I all right with you, Lord? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then it comes down to what are the meanings of the word? Because lust. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think lust correlates closely with coveting. I want something mm-hmm. that's not mine. Okay. Right? That it's, I I, am, I put myself in involved in a situation that's not mine, that's out of the realm. Because there are going to be times, especially for my kind of creature, that's much more visually stimulated in comparison to a lot of women, if you just talk about the difference between men and women, mm-hmm. that there are times where, yes, and this is, the, this is what helped me with the whole pornography struggle, okay. was you see something that's attractive, you see someone that's attractive, and it's very easy to just have that embed in there and just keep coming back to it. And and that's just stoking a fire. That's just not beneficial Mm -hmm. rather than you see something that's attractive and even sexually stimulating. And you're like, wow, that was a good creation from God. (laughs) You just kind of honor them as a person of like, yes, 
good looking person. And it's just a reframe. It's just a, but it's not a, I got to have that. Because mm-hmm. I think that's the, that's the difference where you start to get into the deeper longing and drive and desire and interest. And then you're inserting yourself into that. And then when you are with the person that you think you should steer these thoughts towards, mm-hmm. which would be your spouse, you're still not disconnected from whatever that image was, because this is also the struggle. I think of the different, over the history of my life, the different people that have been embedded in my mind at times, Mm -hmm. they are skewed. My memories of them too, because then when I see them again, it's like, I don't, I don't remember them looking like that. (laughs) I did enhancements and changes and shifts and yeah, it's it's airbrushing your, it. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say your mental airbrushing. Exactly what it is. And so, is there anything wrong with sexual thoughts? Absolutely not. My thought is, how do I just recognize the trigger progression, mm-hmm. and I steer it towards my spouse? That's the whole concept that we've loved at Sexy Marriage Radio. Mm-hmm. Is a hundred percent of your sexual energy is steered towards your spouse. It doesn't all come from them, though. I think biology just says that, right? Right. And that's that's the world you have to live in, that there are threats in the sense of, wait, you mean there's looking at other people? Yes, they are. It's just, how do you not long after If you, if you get them? out of your house. <laughs> right? True. But even if you turn on the TV. Well, true that. Or Sorry. any magazine or the or internet or anything. Phone. So it's just recognizing, I think there is a difference, in it, and it comes down, like you're pointing out, Pam, it comes down to what's each person's de- definition of, you know in your gut, am I, am I heading towards or away? And as soon as you start enhancing that line better, I think that's how you steer clear and steer it towards your spouse better. So here's an interesting email that came in, Pam. Okay. So this is from a husband that read an article that I wrote years and years ago entitled, Heads Up Husbands, Five Ways to Ignite Your Wife's Passions. So my question to you is, what if it was my wife that had an affair, but most of these points in the article still apply to me? I want to trust her more, but I've also been that nice guy who's eager to please. I'm currently working on this, not being this in therapy, but I also feel like she owes it to me to be better about this too. I know a lot could play into this, but I would love to hear your general thoughts about how husbands can apply these five points when it was their wife who had the affair and they're trying to work on their marriage. Thanks. So he's what Do he's we saying. Need to yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the, the I'll give you the are. summary of this. Okay. But what he's saying is these are what he's tried to enhance and becoming more and more, but yet yeah. his wife still stepped out on the in the relationship. And as we're recording this, there's thunder and lightning and a storm going on here in Texas. So you guys might hear it. Maybe there's some dramatic effect with <laughs> with some of the statements right. that are made. Right. The con the concepts I was talking about in this article, which I'll link it in the show notes too, okay. if anybody's interested in just reading the actual uh, article, was the five points are based on the idea is that um, men be- make a mistake believing that wa- women think like they do. Okay. And then how a woman feels when she's with a man is the primary factor in whether or not she experiences traction and sexual desire for him, right? It's not necessarily what he looks like. And so a lot of times what men do, and this is what we talk about all throughout SMR, a lot of husbands don't recognize that when they don't take charge of their life well, they're actually not as attractive to their spouse, right? Right. And so the five points are, 
you need to be able to bring your strength, your presence, your confidence, your integrity, and then you need to have a plan. And so what he's saying is, I feel like I've been following this, yet it didn't keep her from straying. That's, that's what I'm reading in this, in this email. Okay. So what do you do if you're doing that and she's not? You keep doing that. Yeah, that's all you... Because <laughs> yeah. you have to control what you can control. And this is where I love the framework. And hopefully, um, not only are you seeking some therapy for yourself, hopefully you're working with somebody together mm-hmm. that will help put her feet to the fire too. Mm-hmm. Because it's this idea of, okay, hold on. Not that he is all virtuous in this whole thing, right? Because I think everything's co-created and there's some blind spots that probably need to be recognized about, well, I'm doing pretty well, but I could be doing better. That's the story of us as humans. Mm -hmm. But it's recognizing, I love the framework of when one spouse steps out on another, it's not how could they do this to me, which is what I'm almost hearing him say. Okay. Instead, it's they're doing that to themselves, they're going against themselves. Mm -hmm. And so if you're trying to instill a life in a marriage that's built on integrity, you've got to live by it first. And I think that challenges a spouse to have to live by it as well. And if you're truly living by integrity, you continue in that role no matter how another person is responding. Mm -hmm. Integrity is integrity no matter what. Right. And, And so you have to continually just live the confidence of that and live the strength of that Mm -hmm. and bring that to bear. And it's not a judgment morally higher than Mm -hmm. it's just a, yeah, that difference is seen. That difference is known. And you see how do they confront themselves about what they've done or not? And what are you willing to tolerate? Right. Because this is the power move by both sides that are hap- that are happening, right? Okay. That it's him trying to rec- he he's got to recognize I have a choice in this too. He totally does. Yes. I don't know if we've ever done shows in the past where there's been thunderstorms coming and not along like through this it. One, so I don't know if you guys heard the thunder, but um, it's been quite a show going on. Texas thunderstorms. Yeah. They can they can uh grow at any time of the day it seems in the sun yeah they make the whole foundation rumble (laughs) well this has been sexy marriage radio if we left something undone uh, particularly if you hung in there through the extended content and uh, did a little theory world with me and pam uh, let let us know 214-702-9565 if there's something we need to go deeper with or explain more or jump on slack and ask the questions mm-hmm. if you're in the academy all the way with us. Thanks for taking time out of your day to spend it with us. We'll see you next time.